Hi, this is Mike McNamara, and you're listening to All Marine Radio on your home for it, the one and only All Warrior Radio Network. edition of All Marine Radio as Memorial Day weekend begins and I think much of the nation watching the headlines out of Uvalde, Texas And that story seems to get worse and worse. Uh, so good morning to you. Uh, today what we're going to do is... The Mensa Brothers will join me. And <clears throat> I think like a lot of people, we've been discussing 
you know, the things we've read about and, uh, you know, what do you do and all the rest of that. So you're going to hear, you're going to hear that as well as, uh, I got asked the other day, what do, uh, what do you do for Memorial Day weekend? And so I will ask them that and, uh, you'll hear what they, you'll hear what they're doing. Um, So yeah, you know, the story just keeps getting worse and worse. Uh, you'll hear me say this again in the podcast, but um, Uvalde, 15,000 people. Um, the diameter, right? So the distance from one end of the city to the next end of the city is I think 3.5 miles and so if you're in the center of the city it's a mile and three quarters to get to the edge of the city um, so the distance between the police station and the School is certainly less than a mile. And you begin to do the math. And, um, yeah, it's really, like I said, it gets worse. It gets worse. So um, what do you do? Um, I was texting with a friend of mine last night who's a retired federal law enforcement agent, and I asked him, what do you do? And I'll read you his response. Um, so I, my text to him was, what's the answer? And he responded with this, endeavor to have a single point of entry and have cops slash armed security at the front door or on the front steps as a visible deterrence and ready to respond. When I lived in London, private schools had that, even at preschools, and those dudes would give you the stink eye if you were walking on the sidewalk in front of the school. They were serious. And then he wrote this, I lived in an Orthodox Jewish area, and they didn't fuck around. So you know the, the, you know, the Jewish nation and the Israeli, the, the nation of Israel, and the Jewish culture in particular, has been living with this for, you know, a long, long time. Um, so that's, you know, that's a law enforcement, a federal, a lifelong, now retired, federal law enforcement official's um, solution. Uh, you quickly get into a debate with a school board whether they want to spend that kind of money. Um, and that it will, it will be disproportionate to the number of events and all that kind of shit. And that's essentially what they're playing. Um, but we didn't have that discussion after September 11th. We all vividly watched 3,000 people die. And then every time, every person virtually on the planet goes to an airport, they're impacted 
by the decisions made about safety. And I think if you were um, to put up all the, you know, air travel and the amount of incidents, it's it's less than you have school shootings, I would think. But yet, we all agree that, um, <clears throat> or the people that lead the nation agree that, um, yeah, this is the juice is to prevent this is important and the juice is worth the squeeze. I'm not sure why we don't make the same assessment of schools, right? Same low probability that it'll happen on your flight. Yet, yeah. I don't know. Um, so, on that somber note, um, the United States actually, Whitney Houston sings the national anthem. It is Friday. Good morning to you. dedicated to everybody who will spend this weekend quietly remembering some loved one who uh, they will never hug, kiss, or see again. Uh, they who truly bear the costs of the nation's wars and not the people who go give the speeches. But these are the working people of this country whose um, husbands, wives, Brothers, daughters, sisters, cousins, um, pay the price for the nation. And so this is dedicated to you um, in the hope that you understand that um, the nation values that sacrifice and uh, that you're in our thoughts and our prayers.
betraying your whole life if you don't say what you think and you don't say it honestly and bluntly what keeps you awake at night nothing i keep other people awake at night for this campus had prepared him well <clears throat> i'm very confident that thank you very much <clears throat> if this was vodka it'd be a lot better speech <clears throat> But I'm not supposed to glamorize alcohol anymore. So, young folks, you ignore what I just said. We just have to execute. And we are executing every day. And Sergeant Major and I are very proud of what you do. Doesn't mean we can't get better. We don't, we don't want to make a mistake to learn. We don't want to lose to learn. We cannot lose if we have to go fight. We got to do what these Marines did here 75 years ago. Persevere against difficult challenging conditions and odds to win. You gotta win. <clears throat> we'll check the weather and a very, very brief look at news headlines and then you'll hear from the Mensa Brothers here. Uh, currently it is partly sunny at 76 in Quantico down the coast at Cherry Point, it is partly sunny and 80. 29 Palms, sunny and 80 already. Camp Pendleton, clouds and 61. In Hawaii, it is dark, cloudy, and 74 degrees. In um, Okinawa, dark, cloudy, 71. Manila, Dark cloudy 83 in Darwin. It is clear dark at 72. That's probably the coldest overnight temperature I've ever seen in Darwin. In Kiev, it is cloudy in 70. And the home of All Marine Radio, it is cloudy in 63. Looking for a high today of 68 degrees, 67 tomorrow with a chance of rain. Sunday, 70, Monday 72, Tuesday 77. So mild weather continues 
here in Southern California. That's why they say invite your friends in May and your family in September. Yeah, September, pretty nice month. May, not so much. Um, a quick look at news headlines this morning. Uh, top story in Stars and Stripes is Air Force Wing mixes drag queen reading event for children at Ramstein Library, drawing <clears throat> LGBTQ supporters ire. Wow. For children. Hmm. Interesting. Top story in the Wall Street Journal is household spending on the rise leans on savings, not the expansion of um, pay. Next headline is Texas parents angered over police response to shooting. Uh, top story in the New York Times is days after massacre at Uvalde School, NRA gathers in Texas. Next headline is after gunmen entered school, children escaped through windows. Top story in the Washington Post is we wanted to storm the building. Parents criticize Police response officials revise key details of the timeline. Next story. Police slow to engage with gunmen because, quote, they could have been shot, official says. And then there's a terrible headline about one of the two teachers that was slain. Her husband died of a heart attack yesterday make it stop right um fucking brutal the um top story in USNI news the European command nominee general Cavoli says Finland and Sweden will bolster NATO in the Baltic. Uh, next story is Ukrainian grain still trapped by Russian naval blockade, according to the Pentagon. And uh, you're seeing stories that um, the world will feel, the world will feel, um, That embargo here in the next month in terms of food prices. Uh, the top story in Marine Corps Times. Hero teacher killed in Texas shooting was a Marine mom. Two of the teacher, one of the two teachers killed in Tuesday's mass shooting at Robb Elementary School in Uvalde, Texas, was the mother of a U.S. Marine. Irma Garcia, 48, died attempting to use her body to protect students in her fourth grade class. 
her son PFC Christian Garcia told NBC News. On Wednesday, a friend in law enforcement rapidly reportedly told the Marina's mother was seen heroically shielding her students. On Tuesday morning, the Marine's father, Joe Garcia, Irma Garcia's grieving high school sweetheart and husband for more than 24 years, dropped flowers off at her memorial. It wasn't long after that he himself died, perhaps of a broken heart. He pretty much just fell over and had a heart attack after returning home, his nephew told the New York Times. Top story, top five story in the early bird are sweeping changes to VA's medical facilities across America on hold due to missing nominee. Next story is the quiet artistry of bringing the dead home from war. It's a military time story. Talks about... Um, this year marks the first Memorial Day in the last two decades that the U.S. military has not been at war. And while combat casualties have slowed, those who deal with the remains of the fallen have not managed to avoid facing the dead each day. And it tells the story of how remains are brought back to the United States. Next story, key senator eyes clean energy provisions in defense authorization bill. A lead senator on the Armed Service Committee in the House is introducing legislation to strengthen emission reduction targets at the world's largest institutional consumer of fossil fuels, the Defense Department. Senator Tammy Duckworth, a so she's on the Senate Armed Service Committee, Democrat from Illinois and a veteran. And a disabled veteran, right? She's, a, I think, a single amputee. Happened in a helicopter crash. So. Services detail plans to beef up mental health services for troops and families. I'm sure that'll be an interesting article. Um... From the Ukrainian war, as Russia's for, as Russian forces retreated, mock executions and beatings increased. Next headline from the Washington Post: Russia's Russians push to encircle Ukrainian troops, according to the Pentagon, and this is in the vicinity of the city of Severodonetsk. Um, Pro-Russian separatist force, forces claim they have taken full control of the strategic town of Lehman in the northeastern Donbass, which Ukrainian officials say, saying the verified capture underscores Russia's growing tactical strength. Now we're talking about the Donbass, okay, where the Russians have been mucking around for years. So 
the forces withdrawn, some of them I'm sure sent there. So, um, next headline, Ukraine is from the Washington Post. Ukrainian volunteer fighters in the East feel abandoned. Next headline from Reuters, U.S. and Ukraine discuss danger of escalation as new arms extend Kiev's reach. Kiev's reach. So that is a look at your news headlines here. And uh, so without further ado, uh, the Mensa brothers will join me and uh, you will hear from them. And essentially uh, what we talk about is um, I ask them about their thoughts. I mean, I think like a lot of people we've been having a discussion about the things that we've seen and why does this continue to happen? And then what can we, what is the art of the possible? What, what can we do? And so everybody has different, you know, as you might imagine, uh, we all have different opinions and oddly enough, Jeff and I have very, very similar opinions on this. So without further view, without further ado, here are they. Um, I wasn't sure I was going to do this, but, um, but we are, and, um, Will and Tim are joining me, and we're going to talk about a couple things. One, we're going to talk about the school shooting, um, that we're all watching, and then the other thing we'll talk a little bit about is Memorial Day, and, um, and then how, how each one of us spends it because I got asked that um, by somebody yesterday. Hey, what do you do? So I'll pose that question to my friends. Uh, so joining me from McAllen, Texas, Tim Lynch. Tim, how are you? I'm doing fine, Mac. Yourself? I'm all right. I'm all right. Just got done walking my dogs. And joining me from greater Kansas City is Will Costantini. Will, how are you? I am grand here in the very wet Midwest. Wet? How come? I know. Don't say I rain. Think, I think oh, I think McCallum's had. For, I think McCallum's had yeah. a little bit of rain too. Is that the same system? Probably not. It's rained for three straight days here. Timmy, you want to comment on your weather lately? Oh no, we got uh, two nights in a row. Got heavy rains, three inches, three inches of rain in a night, and that's that's a lot for down here. But it, it's very dry. We well received. Everything's green. It looks tropical in tropical <laughs> Texas right now. Yeah, you've got an older home. How does it hold up and all that? Oh, fine. No, no. This this was this home was before before uh, Rebecca moved in. It was completely refurbished. Oh. I mean, from the ground up. Yeah, no, it's very very nice. Well, there you go. It's, there you it's go. customized with the weird doors and stuff that drive you nuts in behind me, but it's nice. It's not so much the weird doors; it's the weird fixtures behind. Yeah, you. The fi- yeah, they're, everything's sort of like customized, man. Right. These right, guys, right. these guys, they, they they do that. They're good though. Um, uh, want to get your thoughts on um, uh, a school shooting in Texas that uh, obviously the nation's uh, been watching, and just within the last hour, um, you know, this the Wall Street Journal put out an updated timeline. Um, how do you pronounce the name of the city to me, Evalde? Uvalde. Uvalde. Um, 
that the shooter. I'll get corrected on that, but I'm pretty sure because I listened to it on books on tape, so I'm pretty sure that's how you say it. Got it. Um, that the shooter fired for 12 minutes before walking into uh, the school. So um, I, I kind of give my thoughts on this. I even went so far as to appear in front of a school board um, about this. Um, and my own thoughts are a school district has a moral responsibility to spend the money it takes to um, secure its campuses. And we've seen this too much. And um, if you won't do that, then you're playing a budget game, which says the law of probability says it's not going to happen to us. So we'll put officers at the school at the high schools, but we'll have one officer for, in the case of Colleen's school district, 35 elementary and middle schools. And uh, that's essentially rolling the dice with it. And there is a cost to it, no doubt. Um, Jeff actually earlier in a tweet, uh, not a tweet, but in a text message, um, what I told, and, and again, I've been elected to public office. I understand budgets and all the, and the opportunity cost that goes with choosing one thing over another. But I, I told them, if you don't have the money, then why don't you become a national leader in this? And if you say this is a requirement, we can't afford it. And we're like a lot of other schools that can't afford it, right? The way we do roads in the country, there's a federal share, there's a state share, there's a local fair share. And I think you would find a sympathetic ear in Washington. And I think you'd find sympathetic people across the country, across the state, in the school district that would be willing to to you know, to pay for that. But you don't have the right to do nothing. You don't have the right to say, yeah, we're going to finish our fences this year and that'll be good because that's not stopping anybody. So, um, so anyway, um, and I just talked to a cop as I was walking my dogs who's parked outside of a middle school here, maybe a half a mile from my house. And I said, Hey, I, do you mind if I ask you a question? I said, I'm a, I'm a Marine. I'm a retired Marine. And, uh, um, active shooter and you're one of the first people on scene what do you guys get taught he said you got to go confront the shooter I said okay I said what do you think of all that he said pretty painful to watch right I said did you see this and I showed him the Wall Street Journal um, you know news update and he said good God I haven't he said, this thing just keeps getting worse. So anyway, um, Tim, uh, your thoughts on all this that we're watching? Well, when, when I first heard the news break, what I, was, what I believe the reports were rather consistently was a gunman got loose. He killed X number of kids. The numbers kept on climbing up. He was confronted by a lone Border Patrol agent who rushed in unaided and slayed him. That's what the first reports were. We've, we have commented, as a matter of fact, we've made a, a, a career out of commenting on this show about first reports and their accuracy, but I had no idea that the accuracy of this would be 180 out. I question now why that report even surfaced, because it's so obviously not what happened. When I heard that, I thought, wow, an active shooter response that works. I have not read about many of them. And at the time that Columbine happened, I was a professional firearms instructor in, in uh, outside of Las Vegas. And I worked with school districts on active shooter scenarios in which the first guy comes and he goes. And, and if you got another guy behind you, great. But you don't wait for people. You go after the shooter. I know from looking at the – you see, the, 
it start, it would be nice to have an officer in every school if, in fact, that proved to be an effective deterrent to school shootings, but it hasn't proven to be the case. There, there, it's inconceivable to me that after 12 minutes of shooting a gun, the guy walked in and the front door was wide open and he walked in. You can't walk into an elementary school in this town. You can't even get inside the gate and walk towards the damn building in this town. And so there's some clear failures there that were fundamental safety issues that everybody has a right to expect. But my firm belief about school shootings is one, they're awful goddamn rare. I mean, they're awful goddamn rare. So you've got something like 833,000 elementary schools in America. You put a guy with a gun in each one of those, and I know this is what they're doing, but the chances of them ever encountering a shooter are, are minuscule. So what you end up doing is you get school districts that get their own police department and these these guys who are often in, certainly in the high schools, often in the elementary schools where they feel they need to be, these guys are now part of the school system and they expand their roles to become useful to the people that they're serving because it'd just be boring to wait for just a shooter. And then shit that you and I got away with in high school that was considered routine results in police contact with people going to school, and that fucks you on the recruiting mission, man. I'm telling you, it's a nightmare. It's a damn nightmare. What if you got a ticket and were and, and had a police uh, uh, incident report for getting in a fistfight at school? I, I mean, I didn't get into a ton of them, but I got into a half dozen or so over the years, and nobody was wiser when I when I tried the list. And, and my feeling is, is that these is is that you you got a false sense of security when the only in my humble opinion true security is allowing teachers to be armed if they so choose to be so because they're there they're the guys who have a relationship with the kids they're the ones who invariably fight and step in the front any goddamn way whether armed or not invariably and they're the ones that should if they want to be armed and i know places like front sight will train them for free if they say I want to carry in school, and and that's and that's to me is the only logical answer because a, a, a police officer who's there to prevent this kind of stuff, you can't be on defense 100 percent of the time. After about four years of doing the same damn thing, it, you become lax. I mean, it's human nature, man. It's human nature. But somebody that needs to be there all day every day and decides to carry because they want to, I consider it. I would consider it an obligation. Were I an elementary school principal or or instructor personally but you know i got a little different view on carrying guns well you're muted yeah it's uh it's obviously a horrific tragedy and it's a terrible way to make public policy is when you're in the middle of a horrific tragedy um so I just, when I Google, there's about 100,000 public school buildings in the country now. Um, and I think I saw a number that says there are about one school shooting per year. And the fact that we can remember all of these sort of tells you that there's about one a year, right? Um and you know, I'll take some exception to your argument, Mac, that people say at the local level we can't afford it, so we go 
to a state or a federal level. But at some point, you know, federal money means that people in Nashville are shipping money to people in Anchorage. And people in Fresno are shipping money to people in New York. It's still the same money. Um, so first, what's the problem we're trying to solve? We don't want shooters to penetrate school buildings, right? It happens once a year. Um, tragic. There are multiple ways to solve that. A way to solve it is don't have kids in school. Have them at home. That's an alternative. Um, I don't know if it's a good one, but it is an alternative. Um, if we were to try and estimate the cost to provide defensive measures and offensive measures. Defensive measures means infrastructure. Um, is it going to cost $100,000 per school to restrict access, provide surveillance? Is it going to cost a million dollars per school? It's a million dollars, and that's a billion dollars we spend across the country. I don't know if that's a lot of money or not. Probably isn't. But then if you're going to have a person there, so imagine like a post one at an embassy, controlling the access point, having visibility to all the surveillance equipment. Uh, so do you got to have a guy there 12 hours a day before school opens, till after school activities? So that means you need two people there uh, every day with some overlapping shift. But you got to pay those guys. You got to pay them, I don't know, 80, 90 grand a year because you get what you pay for. Um, so th that's the money equation. Um, you know, you're going to see a lot in the social media and, and news reporting about um, mental health, et cetera. There's a lot of second order impacts if you attempt to restrict people getting firearms due to mental health issues. And then just to look at data again, um, so the carnage associated with this one is about 25 people, I believe, killed. Um, we're killing more than 10,000 people a year in this country with cell phones. Cell phones causing tra traffic accidents, distracted driving. And that's something we can solve instantaneously. You know, technology exists to turn all your cell phones off or to disable certain functions when you're going more than five miles an hour. And we could save um, four, 40, you know, 400 times the number of people in a school shooting by doing something with a cell phone. And it's really inconvenient to people. So, um, I suspect that there's going to be a lot of um, mudslinging, um, blaming, etc. And there's not going to be a lot of uh, activity associated with attempting to figure out what the problem is and how to solve it. And you know, when I went to school, there were no cops in schools, right, in the 80s or 70s and 80s. But I believe that by the time my kids were in high school, 
at least in Prince William County there in Virginia and in California, there's a cop in every building. And I'm pretty sure here in Kansas, there's a cop in every building because we had a kid go to school and with a gun here in Olathe, Kansas, maybe six weeks ago. And the, uh, the school resource officers, he's known, shot him. I don't, I don't remember if he killed him or not, but I'm pretty sure there's a cop in every school here already. So maybe the cost differential isn't that high. Um, but I'll tell you, that doesn't 100% stop that lone gunman uh, from getting in. Maybe all of that activity has it so that we only have one of these school shootings a year because we've tried to make them harder targets. Um, I don't know. I, I, uh, this is a problem that takes more than um, people in Congress, presidential visits, and the front page of the New York Times uh, to solve. And, uh, you know, I, I, I don't have a good solution because I'm still, I'm, I want to see what the what the problem definition really is. And you know, there's there's something else about this, and that is, for all we know, and I think this is probably most likely what I would think would happen. That guy wasn't active by the time the cops got there. I mean, so they they waited an hour to go in. I'm going to assume he wasn't steadily killing people during that hour. I bet you he was gone quiet, and their response in that situation might well have been perfectly appropriate. I, I got him pinned in his room. They know he's pinned in that room. They're going to take their time to go in and get him. That might have been exactly what they should have done for all we know. Yeah, I. it's hard to parse through, Yeah. right, because you see there was just breaking information. And, Tim, I, I'll take exception with what you, something you said, too. I fully expected the first report on this to be completely erroneous. Well, you were right. Trained. I've been yeah. trained to do that. But I... I sense that there is a significant flurry of gunfire. And by the time first responders got there, there wasn't any more. Right. And I believe they were attempting to evacuate other parts of the school. Hard to tell on that. Uh, and, you know, you hear the parents, they said, we're pleading with the officers to go in. I don't believe there's active gunfire going on at that time. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And so they could have so from been, then, well, yeah, they went in, he had barricaded himself in a room and was ready to do a suicide by cop, which he got. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Will your, your analysis, um, that this is insignificant loss of life and what is the real problem and therefore should we devote any money to it? Um, I don't know. Doesn't sit well with me. Um, the mental health, the mental health in the country is only going to get worse, right? Not going to get better. Parenting sucks. The school systems suck. And then into that system, we inject damaged young people and that are prone to isolation. They get on the internet and they find all the shit that you can find. The internet is a great gift, uh, to the Antifa crowd and the idiots among us in order to raise money and connect and to, and to find things that inspire them. So to me, these problems are only going to get worse. You, you, but the thing is, Mac, is as you look at these 
individual acts and you start looking into the background of them, these, none of these guys pop up out of nowhere. None of these guys were normal, un, unobserved, just a normal guy this one second and turn into this. No, no, these people have a track record of doing things in a, in, in a progression that is already evident in this particular shooter's case. But and I'm not an expert on it, but I, I remember talking about Gavin DeBecker, uh, Gavin DeBecker's book, The Gift of Fear, and the Gavin DeBecker's approach to developing profiles, um, particularly given the fact that the FBI profiling program is held in such irrepute at the moment. But Gavin DeBecker's isn't. And he, and, and what I think is a book that everybody should read, quite frankly, The Gift of Fear, particularly every female in the, in the, in the world, he goes through pre-incident indicators and whatnot, which are in abundance. The question is, but I mean, Timmy, Timmy let me up, just let me just tell you, I, um, I remembered you going through this with us. Yeah. And if you can't prevent the one in Florida, where the cops had been to that kid's house forty times, the FBI had been tipped off. You're not gonna. You're never gonna prevent anything. That's yeah. It's you know still, that's saying? still the case. And and so yeah, to me, yeah, yeah. as a culture, we're exactly. gonna see we're gonna see more of this. So so what so what can you do? You accept it that, that the numbers are gonna be small. Um, I that doesn't sit well with me, you know. And yeah, yeah. so to me, what what can you do? You can you can harden the school in terms of fencing. You can put cameras up, and you could have somebody on the premises with a weapon. And and I don't know that you can do a whole lot more than that. That is as good as I, I think that whether it's a teacher, I wouldn't particularly give a shit if they, they get put through the training and all the things that, that they should be. Or if it's, you know, to me, I wouldn't hire benefited people. I would I would hire for cash as 1099 employees. And to me, you would be, you know, one of them, right? They're retired. They live in the community. They have firearms training and experience. They get screened in my pro into my program and they want they work for cash and they're going to work two days a week they're going to work six hours a, a a day and i'm going to pay them whatever the fuck i pay them and so and so to me i don't know that we can do more i don't know that we can do more than that um you know i'm sure some people will propose that but i don't did you I feel don't, when you were going to school matt did but, you feel when you were going to school you were a threat you were in, in an environment in which you were i don't, I don't go to school now tim no, no, no. I know that. But what I'm saying is what's changed from when we were our, kids our to complete, now? Our cu culture is completely fucking changed, man. I deal with it every day. People fucking blowing their brains out. They, yeah, their Matt, feelings are the most important things in life, and that gets reinforced throughout. I, I mean, every time somebody farted it wrong at, at Colleen's high school, they got all the kids together and said, how does this make you feel? How does this make you feel? So, so that is... The world that these kids grow up in. And we can say it's fucked up, and it is, because it in no way, shape, or form prepares them for life. And then the rigors of life hit them, like your internet gets shut off. And then you shoot your grandmother in the fucking face? Yeah, and Mac, I, and that's the thing. I don't, I, I again, this is, it's a tragedy. Um, and, it, and there is opportunity cost to all of it. And if the proposal is to, um, again, provide infrastructure and personnel, uh, I think for it to be real, then we got to determine what we're not going to do. 
and then it might become real. And then we can make choices. Explain. What do you mean what we're not going to do? Well, at some point, the budget is the budget. Right. Are you going to increase the top line to accommodate this? If you are, you're either going to take on debt or you're going to take something else out of the budget. Because you're, cause you're not going to hire in 1099 retired guys. What if one of them shoots somebody? And who's yeah, lying? You might. Tim, you might. Oh, that'd be a, that'd be a foolish thing to do. It might be. Yeah, but some, you might do that. I'm saying it's got to be. If the solution were simple, the problem would be solved. Right. right. That's true. And so. No, well, I, I would say this. If the solution didn't require a an opportunity cost, right, it would be. It would, it would and be, then it, yeah, it would be done. And it would be a simple, it would be a simple thing to do. And, and your, your tracking of where we are now culturally, where young people are now and how it's very unlikely to get better in the future. I agree with you hundred um, percent. Are we as a society willing to embrace that and understand that and say, we're not in a good place, and oh, by the way, it's getting worse, and we know it's going to get worse. We're not going to change it so that it doesn't get worse, so we're going to have to defend ourselves. Um, and maybe that's the case, but there are societal costs to that as well. I agree. And again, I'd love to have that comprehensive discussion with people. Who are the adults that are going to have it? No, it can happen at a local level. Well, and Will, like there and, are Will, adults. Will and I talked about this, right? And one of the things Will said was, "We just sent forty billion dollars to Ukraine." Yeah, yeah. and to a sideshow. Yeah, absolutely sideshow, without any discussion of what's it going to do? Does this defeat Russia? Does this allow Ukraine to survive, or does this just feed? You know, and and make us feel good. So all the people that have never flown an American flag and are flying a Ukrainian flag feel good. I mean, maybe that's worth $40 billion to some people. It ain't to so me. You don't even know where how that stuff's ended up. According Precisely. to Andy Wilborn, it's not ended up at the front. And Tim, that may not even be relevant to the people that are voting on it. That's exactly right. So I, I look at these things and... Um, Attempt to be rational and not emotional because the emotional response is absolutely infuriating. And and the, the one in Florida is the worst one. Again, that was. you know, we know who this person is. But I'll tell you, I have a very slight window into the youth of America now. And um Accountability is not our forte. Self-discipline, self right? Respect, right? Respect. And just think of, you talked about the USS Connecticut, right? Accountability is not our forte. <laughs> we had a CO there, third strike, with a strategic asset. We don't do accountability. We don't do accountability in a place where we think seemingly thrive on accountability the u.s military well, so i know but you're including, what do you do you're, you're including the navy loosely in that under that I'm, term I'm military sorry, I'm sorry. when when clearly i mean to be held accountable you know the bridge standards on both the mccain and what 
I mean, I apologize. What was the other? Uh, Fitzgerald. The Fitzgerald, right? They were all victims um, because they, you know, they were working hard and, you know, they, they was their first night out at sea or, I mean, but if you look at so, the, so. There's other potential solutions that if you're a concerned parent and you see this is going on and you try and activate in your community, the other thing you do is you train your own kids. Um, I'll tell you there's a, sto- a societal tell you a story cost about that. to that. Colleen, um, so when the thing happened in Florida, you know, she and I sit down. I said, you and I need to talk about this in case it ever happens to you. She said, okay. I said, if somebody, somebody comes in your classroom with a gun and you're anywhere near that door, they, they walk in, you're going to die, Okay. And she looked at me. She said, "Dad, I said, I'm, I, I need. To, we need. This is going to be a serious conversation. Okay, you need to do everything you can do. Throw a desk. Throw books. If you're near this fire extinguisher, blast that thing into the room. Whatever you can do to live and make that guy flinch, then you need to do that. And so we go through. Well, what if you're not near the door? What if you're away? Look for the fire extinguisher. You know, get out of the room and run. Okay." You know, if you're near the windows, throw a desk through the window and dive through the window and help, help other people. So ultimately, she goes to this, she's given this class, and she, she keeps putting her hand up and answering questions. The guy says, how do you know all this stuff? She said, well, my dad taught me, you know. And But again, we might damage the little pumpkins, right, if we tell them too much of the truth. And uh, you know, it's just, it's so... I've got My kids were in Virginia Tech when that one happened, and um, and it, you know that was jarring, and particularly there was a period of unknown there, um, and I'll tell you the time I felt began to feel relieved was when they had the body count, and I hadn't been contacted, so I knew it wasn't my kids. Right. Um, I was in the Pentagon. In fact, General Dunford and I, he was in the J3 then, and his son was at uh, Virginia Tech. And so we happened to bump into each other in the morning. Hey, you heard about this, blah, blah, blah. And then we saw each other later in the day in the gym. And, uh, you know, his his son and my daughter were accounted for. My son was unaccounted for. I made the bold assumption that he had never gone to class that day when he was in his off-campus apartment, which turned out to be a very good assumption. Um yeah, but it was jarring uh, at that time, um, and I, I was concerned it was really going to scar uh, that school. Um, everyone would just associate this shooting with Virginia Tech. I don't think that that's held up. I mean, um, everywhere I go, people, you know, I wear this Virginia Tech hat. People are very pro-Virginia Tech for some reason. But, uh, yeah, jarring, jarring incident. Um, and remember, you know, I think at the time of Columbine up through the early two thousands, the, the guidance was go completely passive. And mm-hmm. I think that, you know, again, as you said, Mac, you train your kids, you got to go active. Um, and I told her, if you hide behind a desk, you will get shot in the head behind that desk. That desk yeah. is not going to do anything to that round that, he's, that, that he is shooting. 
So, so don't run. It's hard to shoot somebody running, Colleen. You may not know that, but it is. Timmy? Well, when I was uh, when I was working at Front Sight in 2000, after I retired, <clears throat> I was doing on the weekends, I would do the submachine gun package. My son was in year-round school in Utah, so he would get off six weeks at a time and come stay with me. And so on the weekends, every weekend, I was doing the, the subgun thing, which would end at the, at the end of this all-day training event, which was a sales event, by the way. It was free to the public to come, but they had to sit through the sales presentation. And, and it was very, very, he got a lot of business out of this. But at the end of the thing, I would say, we would tell him, you never do this for real, but everybody wants to. We're going to let you rip 30 rounds through the one pull the trigger, but we want you to make it as small as you can. We'll give you the target. And I, as the instructor, always had to demonstrate these things. And I've been demonstrating all day. And I said, would you like to see Logan do this? Because everybody noticed that my son was there with me. And they all go, yeah, let Logan do it. So Logan got up there and, and man, he he busted out all 30 rounds in about the size of a, a little bit over a half dollar. It was a hell of a shooter. But he was 12 years old and he was shooting so much because that's what we did all day. I was a, I was an instructor and in between we would practice and he had a lot of rounds through. But 12 isn't too young to train a child how to how to take care of themselves at all. With When you have firearms, they're a great equalizer. Not that I'm advocating that we start training 12 year olds to carry guns, but but Logan was pretty. No, but I mean, these discussions, if you don't have them with your kids then you're not you're not. Raising your well, kids, would, you're not raising. He would actually be the the school point of the school shooters. We would he would go on the road with up with me on those training evolutions up in the, God, some of the most weirdest places in Nye County, Nevada. God, these weird ass towns, man. Yeah, but anyway, we would go and go in and and, uh, and do all these training evolutions for the local local cops. But I so but we don't know what happened in Ubaldi right now. It, it appears that the population is in a state of uproar over unresponsiveness of the police. Who apparently were tasing people and handcuffing them to, to get them to calm down. And again, for all we know, they were doing exactly what they should have been doing. We don't know. You know, this is, but it doesn't look good. And it's at the exact opposite of what, what was the first reported uh, um, um, set of circumstances with the, the lone Border Patrol guy. The, um, the city is population 15,000. Its diameter is three and a half miles. Hmm. He shoots for how many minutes did they say? Twelve minutes outside before. Twelve minutes outside, and then and it walked right in the building. That seems to be a failure, a, a failure point there. Let me ask you a question. I mean, you roll up to this, and you see one, two officers were wounded. So the numbers are: nineteen students, two teachers, are dead. Zero law enforcement people are dead. You roll up, you see one cop down. Tim, what do you do? What do I personally do? Yeah, what do you do? Oh, I I would bail out. I would bail out and go running towards a shooter in a heartbeat. I I I carry religiously. I always have a gun. Well, you're the second cop on scene. What do you do? Yeah, do you see the guy or you don't see him? No, you the shooter. You do not see. You see appear down. What do you do? Uh, yeah, item one. You you got a call and make sure that there's medical attention coming and you're trying to find the closest cover to figure out where the situation is. Where yeah. is the guy right now? Um, no sense in having two cops get shot as you go running out into the open. I mean, it's, I think it's sort of tactics. You got to get some sort of assessment. Is there a gunfire still going on? So, uh, I'm back with Will. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I'm with Will. If you don't see the guy, you got to take the cop, the down cop is your mission right then. 
I mean, and so if there's no gunfire going on, it's hard to locate the target. Yeah. Um, but fucking hard to locate it. Yeah. Can you assess? Yeah, it is. He fired. But, and he, if there's he, shooting going he, on, there's only he, incoming. There's no outgoing. He fired for outside for 12 minutes. The, yeah. di- the, the, the radius. That's a big signature. That's a big fucking signature. The, radi- the radius of the city is what? 1.75 miles. That's the yeah, radius so, of the city. You're, so let's do a little math here. Gunfire goes off. How long does it take to get a 911 call? Does it happen in two minutes, three minutes? Someone calls 911. You would hopefully someone in the school, 911, they send someone to respond. A cop at the farthest distance away is there in three minutes. The cop should be on the scene in what, six, seven minutes? If that. Right? Um, yeah, we're trying to do it. And so you, someone likely should have. And so within the 12 minute window, someone should have shown up where there's still activity going on. Right. And so from there, there's no, no one's shooting at the gunman yet. He's shooting at people. You would figure, I don't know how big the school was. Um, it's an elementary How many school. rooms are there? Yeah. How many rooms could there be there? 20 rooms. How, how hard to figure out where it is. I mean, sitting here, trying to estimate it, you would think that there should have been an armed policeman there while the guy was still shooting, if you do the math that way. And, he crashed and he, his car, climbed over the fence, started shooting. Someone calls 911 at the three-minute mark. It goes to the top of the list. It ain't like there's a 1,000 bank robberies going on in Uvalde, Texas at that time. Uh, 15,000, they got to have a police force of, I don't know, a dozen, 10, 12 people. There's a couple of guys on duty. Um, they get a call, all hands on deck at the Uvalde Elementary School. Everyone knows where that is. It's not a big town. They roll out of the donut shop, so it's two minutes to get into the car. It's three minutes to get over there. You're still at the nine-minute mark. And he's out. I mean, he's outside shooting it still at that point. And, and, and the Wall Street Journal said he first started shooting at a funeral home right across the street. So you got to assume they were on the nine one one immediately. Uh, again, Same I'm just scared. trying to. Yeah, You're in complete shock. Someone's shooting. Your phone's in your pocket. What the hell's going on, Gladys? I don't know, Arthur. That sounds like gunfire. Uh, call 911. I mean, we just killed a minute. We finger fucked the phone the wrong way. We do it again. Three, yeah, again, three, yeah. six, 12 minutes. You would think someone should have been there. And, and if a cop got there and got engaged by this guy, if he's not mortally wounded and something's fucked up, because that, that doesn't count. You can't say, no, like my, my guy got out, but he got a little bit of shrapnel in the side of his neck there when they hit him in the window or something. Yeah. That shit don't count, man. You're If you're the guy on the scene, Supposed to take the threat out. You got, and yeah. You to me, go down, go that, down. that would be my yeah. point. Is like, look, I see Timmy down. I look if his injury is not life threatening, and even if it is, yeah, right. There's somebody at a school. I, my job is to prioritize it. Like, you yeah. know, I I give Timmy about a two second version of the last rites, and uh, and I hope I see him again. But my my job is, you know, what's the Native American <laughs> saying? What's the Native American saying? Today's a good day to die. And yeah, if, if it, you and if you haven't thought about that, and you're in this, you're in this business. Um, and I don't, I don't mean to be sanctimonious, but, but 
you know, we've all had these experiences where you're running to something and you don't know if your your life is on a stopwatch right now. And what do you do? Yeah. And, and and again, we're talking about professionals. I'm not talking about a civilian that, that has never had to encounter this, right? And and these guys of all, or the vast majority of them, when you see reports of this, you know, what would I do? How would I handle that? The whole active shooter thing is, is a thing. I It's just... It, this thing keeps getting worse, right? Yeah, and, and, and when I when Jeff and I went to, to to gunfighter school, which was in Will's schoolhouse, it was the old uh, old uh, uh, was it the the, what, what, the the training you the pistol training will that you guys would give to people going yeah. overseas to embassies. Yeah, and, I know what yeah, you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, you know what, what I'm talking about. So so high Jeff and I went personnel. HRP. Exactly the high risk personnel course. So Jeff and I went through that a couple of times because they had a open seats in between classes and and half that instruction was if you get into a gunfight like this you're going to get hit so you're going to work on your offhand you're going to work on how you how you you pick up something if, if you're wounded because once you get hit you still got to fight because if you stop fighting you're done right. so the whole point of this whole exercise this whole class was yeah you want to play gunfighter fine you're going to get hit if you're if you're if you're up it's going to happen and you've still got to fight that was that was uh I remember that very well. Honestly, I, I, I think the last time this subject came up, you know, Will made a comment that there's 400 million guns in the United States. Okay, mm -hmm. so if you want to do this, uh, gun control, I got it. You know, have at it. Have the discussion. But in in a nation that has 393 million by FBI um, estimates, uh, guns in in the nation owned. Um, and mental health going getting worse and worse on it on an annual basis. I mean, I don't I don't see another option um, other than you know you got to hire people and you got to harden the facility. And if you're a first responder, today might be your day to die, right? And but, you, but you, you've got to go get that guy. And hopefully Timmy lives. But if he doesn't, then that's part of the cost too. But. Yeah, and 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 let's hope that was not a problem with this Uvalde's response. Let's hope we don't know. Okay, um, but the other thing but, is, but so, I, would, so, I would just add this: the math ain't good. The Out, math ain't good. It, outside it for twelve, good. outside for twelve minutes. I don't know what the proximity of the police station is, right, uh, to the school, but it ain't fucking. It ain't fucking far. Okay, here, here I'm I'm reading a report now. Uh, no school resource officer on campus. First report came at 1130. Police responded and a car, he crashed his car at 1128. Police responded at 1144. Again, the math ain't good. Oh, man, that's not right. Well, and it says they entered the building, retreated after an exchange of gunfire when one officer was wounded. Then they were outside for an hour. But I think in that hour... I don't believe he was shooting people. That would that flip you over the edge if they're yeah. outside and he's still shooting people inside. So, and if they retreated and didn't have eyes on where where they thought he was holed up, then he wasn't. He could have. That doesn't sound good. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't right. but, sound but good. The only thing I wanted to add, Mac, was was this. Well, hold on. Let me final final thought, and you can add it oh. if you want to do it there. Go that ahead. Do, Go ahead, Timmy. Final final thought. Oh, thank you, Mac. 
I'm still an advocate for and, and, and a firm believer in every teacher that wants to be armed should be trained and armed. And the only reason is it's an additional layer of friction in the shooting equation. It's I'm not saying I'm with Will. And it's appalling to me to think that you need a police officer in every school. We didn't need police officers in our schools. There was a couple race riots in Annapolis when I was uh, in the 60s where they could have used some police officers in those schools. But uh, but those are problems that aren't, aren't evident in today's schools, which is good. Right. I'm not so sure the number of shootings have increased or decreased over time. I don't I don't know. But I still like the thought of solving it at the local level, giving the gun culture that's evident, particularly in Uvalde, Texas, of all places. And I, as far as I'm concerned, you could carry openly if, if you're a teacher in those schools. I think that would be a very smart thing to do because it's your moral obligation. Those teachers that are responsible for those kids. It's their moral obligation, not somebody that's part of the because in Texas, they do it by school district. It's the independent school district police department. They're responsible for all the kids, which means they're responsible for none of them, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. It's well, the people that are in that school with those kids that, that own those kids during the day. They're the ones that ought to be the last line of defense, and they should be armed if they choose and want to be so. Right. Well. Yeah, I... Just on that point, I, I don't think arming teachers, I think there's a lot of second order effects there that you don't think about. That's a lot of firearms uh, in schools with people. Are they going to be able to maintain control of their firearm the whole time? You know, there's a lot there more than just taking uh, someone that's trained, um, et cetera. I, I said before, I don't I don't have a great solution. I think gun control is laughable um, with this. Um, I got about 20 guns in my house. Uh, May 24th, this thing happened, right? Two days ago. Yeah, that was my birthday. So on my birthday on May 24th, I didn't do anything wrong, and none of my guns did anything wrong. And so the idea that we're going to do gun control to solve this that's that, that's political posturing, bumper stickers, etc. Another way is when people approach your house, get a big dog that barks at them. That that helps to deter them. Um, I don't I don't have a good answer, Mac. I I say I'm looking for a better conversation than we're having right now. I'll say that not not us three, but as a country. I, I've got I've got to point out the the difference between an armed teachers with Will who ran a professional a professional military school that was designed on nothing but weapons training, and the private sector guy who would look upon that as an unending supply of students. It's funny how we uh, how 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 we are inclined to view that as me. It's all positive. Him, I don't know if you want to have have guns. But I would say that the, those that went through the uh, the front sight training program, the four day handgun that that I used to instruct in, I would trust any of them at, at, at any time because it's not hard to learn how to handle a gun properly. It's a four day evolution if you really want to learn. The um, I would say that without a doubt, mental health in the country for young people it will get worse in the future. Three hundred ninety three million guns. Um, I think what you're left with is that so you have to harden a school. And if uh, as a school district or a community you decide not to do that, then um, I guess that's your decision. Uh, to me, um, 
I think you have a moral obligation to um, to protect the children of your community. And um, I don't think there's any other way than to have somebody armed on the campus that will respond. And uh, so we'll leave it at that. Um, Memorial Day. Um, what, what do you tend to do over Memorial Day, Timmy? And then what are you doing this Memorial Day weekend? Uh, there, there, there'll be a, a veterans ceremony down at the, at the, uh, the in mission at, at the veterans cemetery here. My, but Memorial Day is always a big day for me because it's the day of the NCAA lacrosse championship. And I suspect I'm going to see Maryland in there. It's going to make me very happy to watch. Got it. So, so I'll be uh, I'll be at that uh, there's a ceremony in the morning and then in the afternoon I'm watching the uh, the lacrosse championship. It's the only time they put it on the regular ESPN. Right. It's the only time to get respect for as a, as a, as a sport in this country. Well, uh, Memorial Day. Thoughts on it? Um, what do you tend to do and what are you doing this year? Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, I don't think it's a great day. I mean, it's a great day that the country attempts to to recognize a fallen. Um, you know, I lived in the DC area a lot and, you know, before nine 11 in particular, um, we would try and do something on Memorial day. Like we try and go to Arlington, not on Memorial day because it's, it's insanity. Um, but on Memorial day over the weekend around Quantico, we would often go out to the Quantico national, uh, cemetery there, which is a beautiful cemetery. Um, it got a lot more personal, obviously, after um, going to Iraq. And um, so I don't uh, I don't really I don't do anything on Memorial Day um, in particular. I'll you know, I think of those guys, but I, I think of those guys every day. So Memorial Day won't be any different. Um I, I suspect uh, my wife's Facebook page will blow up because it usually does on days like that. A lot of people on there, some of them Gold Star, uh, always just put something up because she used to be relatively active uh, on that day and making sure that people weren't forgotten. Um, but it, it hasn't been a really good day for us for a long time. So it just, uh, um, you know, poignant. It's uh, melancholy. Uh, it's important, um, but it ain't a day I really look forward to. Right. Now I'm probably um, I'm like Will. I don't go. Um, the only things I've gone to in the past are um, are uh, military things, active duty military things, because I um, I know what to expect, and they are what I expect. Um, the last thing I went to in the civilian world, a judge got up and spoke, and I wanted to leave in the middle of their remarks because um, they were just so, in my opinion, inappropriate for the day. The day is the day. It's not thank you for your service day. You know, it's not your hero day. It is the day that we honor the sacrifice that gets made for this country, and in particular, the people that now, you know, bear that burden are, are the surviving families. And uh, so um, I try before the weekend to reach out to the people that have affected me personally. And then the weekend, I I watch a lot of sports. I, I do some gardening and I stay busy and, uh, and, and don't really go to anything. But anyway, all right. All right, man. I appreciate your time today. 
and uh, I will attempt to corral Jeff Kenny later on his own and get his thoughts about these things. But uh, I, I, I appreciate, uh, you know, your candor as always. And, and as Will said, this is, you know, this is a hard subject, you know. Um, and uh, I, I, I just hope communities sit down and have, uh, and have hard discussions and talk about these kind of things because when you drop your kid off at school, you shouldn't have to go to the morgue and pick him up. That ain't right. But anyway. All right, boys. Thank you. All right, Mac. Have a good day, Mark. Yep. Yep. See ya. Thanks. See ya. Yep. You've already heard Will and Tim today, so I want to have Jeff on. Jeff, the only working member of the law firm, so... Um, first of all, uh, where are you? Are you in California? Are you in, uh, are you home? I'm in San Clemente getting ready. As a matter of fact, getting ready to work at the United Arab Emirates presidential guard. Wow. I don't think that's classified. So that's, well, believe me, it's not, not as impressive <laughs> as it sounds. <laughs> it's only people who work with Arabs know <laughs> they're good. They're good boys. Let me tell you, they're. They're just relaxed, you know, so it's, we're, we're yeah. working through it. Sense of, sense of urgency is something they look at you and go, could you explain that to me? Yeah, they, uh, they, they uh, I really haven't worked with them too much yet. They're at 29 Palms, our guys, and our guys did um, machine gun training for them. And so that when they come out here, this is where they're going to be doing, uh, they'll be at the, the immersion trainer at the northern part of Camp Pendleton. So I'll be working with them Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. And um, then I'll be going to Las Vegas later on. Got it. Got it. Um, right. We've been watching, and we spoke about, um, with Will and Tim, um, and you were privy to much of the discussion uh, right. in that text thing. But um, uh, give me a general thought about, about the shooting, the school shootings in Evaldi. Texas. Well, this happens every once in a while. When it does, it gets huge press coverage. Um, but by the F FBI's definition, these mass shootings are very rare, and um, and they're rare, you know, because they're horrendous. Anyway, it takes a really psychotic individual to devise and to execute them, and then uh, and they usually end in the death of the guy who does it. So. Um, but they're, they're used by political forces within the United States for different agendas. So consequently, you know, it's hard to strip away a lot of times the event from the politics. But I think with this one, the, uh, the deal is this, you know, um, the government's main function at every level is protection of its citizens. I mean, that is the main reason you have a government. That's the only reason, really, you have a government. And uh, so this is a local thing. When people within the community attack other members um, in a, uh, you know, in an irrational manner, just to cause chaos, to cause tragedy like this, there's no, there's no ideological reason, there's no goal or anything like that. It's just the, the uh, an unhappy person's wish to cause misery to others by mass murder and accelerated by the fact that uh, the weapons we have now make that easier. And uh, so consequently, since Columbine, 
in 19, uh, I think it was 1998 or 1999, you know, the, these uh, things have become all too commonplace. I have to tell you, though, actually, since the, around the end of the Second World War, you started seeing guys clicking off safe, as we would say, and shooting innocent people. First in Jersey, you know, there's some famous cases. Then there was a mass shooting in, uh, in Austin, Texas in 1964, where a former Marine right, climbed the right, tower right. and shot dozens of people and killed like 13 of them. And these things have been going on and on. And uh, people just are at sixes and sevens wondering what to do about it. But if you look at your stricture as a, uh, as a government, whether you're a state, local, or federal government, your job is to protect the people. And so consequently, I think that's what it comes down to. The, uh, the fact is, there's, these things are very rare. I mean, very rare. I mean, you got a better chance, I think Will was saying, to get hit by lightning. And no one's yelling about us you know, dealing with the lightning threat. But uh, that is true. However, because of the garishness of this thing, where there's a high school uh, environment where it's children particularly when there's children below the ages of, uh, you know, of high school age, like below the age of 14 are getting shot, like in this last case. It's just horrific. And people right away say, government, help us. What are you going to do for us? And, uh, and that's the conundrum right there. What do you do? I mean, the truth of it is that uh, it's so rare that it's like lightning striking. However, you can't say that. You, gotta, you have to do your job as the government to protect. And so consequently, I think, um, it comes down to two questions. Do we take away all guns? No. Well, let me it just offer, it, offer you. I'll offer you, you know, Will's a couple of just, I, I think, facts. Uh, 400, right. 400 million guns in the United States, 393 million in the hands of civilians. So you can, mm. you can, you can make whatever modifications you want to right. the sale of firearms. But the truth is, there's enough guns out there in the United States already that if you're a bad guy and want to get your hands on one, you can do that. Okay, absolutely. So, and then the other the other thing that I think is the backdrop of this is <clears throat> mental health in the country is getting worse for young people. They are not given the tools that they need to uh, succeed in life, and those would be hard work, respect, self discipline. Right. Mm -hmm. And the ability to overcome adversity. Instead, right. they are they are they are coddled. They are told their feelings are the most important things in their life. Other and, people are to blame for their problems. Other right? people. And so they don't understand how to overcome adversity. And then when you have something difficult happen in your life, like your mother's Internet gets shut off, um, you're you're somehow or other it makes sense to you to shoot your grandmother in the face and then go kill a bunch of ah. children. You know, so, um, but yeah. again, but again, my, and I say that to say this, this problem is only going to get worse in the future. Right. It's not going to get better. So in the backdrop is no matter what you do, you're going to have a, 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 a ton of firearms in the United States and, mm -hmm. and the mental health of young people in the future is going to get worse. And right. so, and so to me, what, and, uh, you, you texted something a while ago that is essentially was my position when I went and spoke to Colleen School District at a meet at their school board at a meeting, and that was um, the way we build highways is there's a federal, state, and local portion of the highway, 
Right. And so I, I, I told them, I said, you know, when I drop my child off at school, I shouldn't have to go pick my child up at the morgue. Okay. Right. You have a, Horrific. you have a moral obligation to protect my child and you, right. and so there's always now, I think in most school districts, police officers at high schools, but in Colleen's, the rest of the school district, I think it was 35 schools or 38 schools. They had one or two officers to cover those schools. I said, so what you're essentially saying is the probability that this is so low that, that that's, as, that's what we'll accept within our budget. And I said, and if it, so it's a, if it's a budgetary constraint, then why don't you be a national leader and lead the charge for federal funding, a federal portion, a state fund portion, and a local portion? Because, again, I said, that's how we build roads. And I get right. that. I said, but, but to roll the dice and say the probability is low, it doesn't happen often, so therefore mm-hmm. we, we, the best we'll do is put up a new fence? That's not going to fly. I, right. said, I told him, I, I said, you don't have that right. Right. And so I, I'd be curious. Um, I saw what you what you texted uh, when I was out walking my dogs, right. and uh, uh, Tim Tim was saying he thinks arming teachers is a good idea and ought to be done. Right. Um, Will Will talked about the infrequency of the event, and right. and not sure what to do because there is a cost for all of this at the end of the day, mm-hmm. and um, but yet we just sent forty billion dollars in military aid to Ukraine. And so yeah. so what say ye about how do you do this? Right. Well, um, I agree with everybody. Everything everybody said was true. However, we are a representative democracy. So consequently, if you say, hey, look, this thing is like getting hit by lightning. Chances are it's not going to happen to you, so don't worry about it. We're not going to waste money spending, you know, to protect. That's not going to fly. That's just not going to fly, because when, what what happens is a crowd of people suffer a huge tragedy. Our media is there covering it as they should, you know, they cover it, and uh, and so it hits people. Everybody feels this could happen to me, and they're right. It could happen to them. So I say, consequently, this: um, the the state, the local, state, and federal government has to address this because their main job, the only reason we have these pain-in-the-ass government officials is mainly to protect us, to protect us, so we don't have to do it ourselves. However, they're not very good at it, you know, and they'll say, and, and so consequently, you know, the, uh, the idea that, uh, you know, that this happens so infrequently, don't worry about it, or, you know, uh, the, uh, you know the, the, the idea of, uh, you know, school resource officers who are supposed to do this, they don't work very well. They're, no one wants to hear that. You know, no one wants to hear it, and they shouldn't want to hear it. So we have to do this in such a way that it works. Now, let me say something else. There's been a lot of high school security since Columbine, and we don't know how many of these incidents have been prevented. That's right. the one thing you don't know about right. prevention. You never know how good you're doing. I have to tell you, though, by the FBI's definition, we're doing fucking pretty good. And so consequently, that should be pointed out. But at the same time, we'd say, but that's not good enough. One kid being shot by a wacko is not good enough. And so consequently, you, you got to work towards that end. Well, well and, a couple and, things and, you, can do. you know, Jeff, and, and, and to that end, to me, you're not, you know, and, and the one in Florida is an example of this. You, you know, right. the guy gets, the, the student 
gets access to the campus. Uh, the guy gets access yeah. to the campus. But you you got to go there and confront them and stop what they're doing. And so right. there might be, you know, a small number of people that are impacted, right, or that are mm -hmm. shot, wounded, or killed. But the idea is the best you can do is, you know, you detect it right away and somebody goes and confronts the shooter. And so to me, that's, that's the op, that's, yes. that's as good as you can expect. Right. And that is a, that is a, an absolute, I mean, that is like the difference between uh, the Marine Corps and other services and that the bias for action, you, the, the stricture and the expectation that you are expected to close with and destroy changes your whole psyche when it comes to attacks. You know, it doesn't matter whether you're in offense or defense. That's your mission if you're a Marine rifle squad. And consequently, if you're a Marine, that's your mission. And uh, the idea that, uh, you know, that somehow we're just going to defend and not, you know, and not destroy this thing is, uh, is wrong. And it, because it's a, it's a, it's a, it gives a false construct of what's going on, you know, the false construct of what's happening. The, uh, no, and, and remember, what, what's uh, happening was, is children are being shot. And, and if you swore an oath, if you took that job, right, right. And I said this, you know, with Will and Tim, you know, the, the Native American saying, today's a good day to die. If you have not, right. if you have not entertained that thought in your head, what would I do, right? And, we, and we've talked about this before. We talked about the enlistment contract. When you sign your name, whether you're an officer or enlisted, you're signing your death warrant is how you should look at it. I'm letting you guys know I will do anything, including give my life, to defend this country. Right. And so police officers should have, I think a lot of them have that same philosophy. It's not articulated, but that's what it is. However, however, we've seen bureaucratic um, inroads into these things where these police officers are told, and it actually is something that most of them probably don't um, disavow is that you will not do this until we get our special weapons intact. In other words, they waste time while murder is happening, you know, just on the other side of the, uh, you know, the, the walls of the school. Okay. So I, mean, that, I want to ask you about that in right. a second, but right. t talk to me about Jeff Kenny's recommendation, right? Uh, if you were the attorney general of the United States and somebody said, Hey, Mr. Attorney General, do you have a course of action for the nation? What would you say? I'd say yes, I do. I'd say all other, all districts, all municipalities, you know, at the at the local and state level, protect your children. This is on you. This is local stuff. This is like Jesse James going after uh, you know banks and stuff. This is like you know uh, that type of thing where we can't be everywhere. You tell us based on your analysis, what you need. And if you can't provide it with your own taxation, then we will, uh, you know, augment you if we agree. If we agree that, that it's, you know, it's, uh, and, and here's the thing. And, you know, we, I heard a bunch of good ideas. They're all good ideas. Mm -hmm. You know, teachers, teachers who are, who have a bias to do that. I think most of them don't to be armed and to, to, to accept that responsibility. We talk about, uh, putting like a TSA type thing within the schools. There's only two or three, maybe one or two points of entry. And then there's something worked out if there's a fire. Because there will be a fire when you do that. When you restrict points of entry, 
the first thing that uh, you know anybody uh, any bad guy would do would be to start a fire. But also any juvenile delinquent kid, I, a, aka Jeff Kenny, nineteen seventy-three, would do just to fuck with people, you know. And so mm-hmm. consequently, you got to all that stuff has to be taken into account. But the uh, but the idea is uh, these are people who are who are uh, are immature people, uh, you know, who are going through a development and being murdered is not you know part of the deal and and we have to protect them from that we have this threat now and as will points out so uh, he's right there's not that much you got a better chance of getting hit by lightning unless you're in that school at that time then everything telescopes it's like us you know your average american says we're going to fight the war on terror and 7500 people die and that is a drop in the bucket compared to the population of the united states but when you're a Marine in Fallujah, you're in 3-1 or 3-5 or 1-8. You're one of those guys who's going to die. The odds get way telescoped. And so that's how you got to look at this. It's not overall. It's what happens when, these, when a choice is made by somebody to commit murder there. That's what the ratio should be important then. And that should be something that we prepare people for. And, you know, there's... there's uh, News reports now, and there have been in the past, about where these guys uh, who are supposed to be defending the school, they don't have that, I'm going to give my life for these people attitude. Their attitude is more like, I have this set up, this SOP that I'm going to follow, and it has for me to cordon off the area to make sure no one goes in the air, and I wait for the professionals, air quotes, to come in and deal with it. And a lot of times, that's too late then. Right. And so, because when... If, even when the best of cops, and they'll tell you this, the best of when, when, when seconds matter, they're minutes away. They, and no matter how good they are, that's how it has to be. You can't have cops everywhere. Right. You know, it, it, we wouldn't be America then. You know, <clears throat> this is a these things, these conundrums that come up, these choices are part of the challenges to a to a representative form of government society, and we can't give in to. Okay, uh, nobody gets to have a cell phone. Nobody gets to have. I mean, maybe these things should be considered, but they can't be done willy-nilly. You know, you can't, like, uh, say, you know, I'm, I'm a, because what happens is you end up punishing the law-abiding people in order to stop the very minuscule, you know, uh, non-law-abiding people from committing crime. Yeah, interestingly enough, I mean, to me, what's the art of the doable? Uh, the art of the doable is a camera system. The art of the, right. do, the doable is uh, somebody uh, that's armed on the campus, Right. And uh, and in my the opinion, possible. You're right. right. In my the opinion, that ought to be two people. And the understanding is, if something happens, one of them goes and confronts the shooter, and until uh, everybody else can show up. Well, listen, listen to you, Mac. You and me, and Will, and and, uh, and Timmy are the same thing. We're all like tactically working this fucking thing out, right? right. And uh, and and that's our thing. We always will try and do that. But bottom line is, it's got to be that fucking school guy. And right. He needs to be trained up to do that. And, it, and more or less, he has that bias and philosophy to um, say, you know, I, I'm willing to sacrifice myself for these children, even right. though some, even though the main perpetrator will probably be another one of those children. Right. That's the awful. That's the awful part of this. Thing, and but you know? at that point, though, that's irrelevant to me, right? Yeah, I, it when is. I, when it I, is irrelevant. When I when I when I when I go running out that door. Right. 
And and you've yep. had you've had this experience. I think we all have. I mean, yeah. You don't know how this is going to turn out. Am I? You know. And right. the thought will go through your head. You know, is this it? Yeah. And then you block right. it out and you do what you're supposed to do. Right. And um, but and, right. and I made the recommendation. I, I made the recommendation is that there's retired cops, there's retired mm-hmm. military people, and you could screen their backgrounds. You could put them through a training program. They're already retired. They, they mm-hmm. don't need health benefits, okay? They just want to make right. some extra cash, right? right? And you get a pool of those guys, and, you know, there's you need four a day, and they rotate through the week. They they, they might work one or two six-hour shifts a, a week, and, you know, and they're making some extra money, and uh, and they're helping to keep the community safe. I mean, I would certainly entertain it. I know Timmy that would That type like, of guy, that type of guy is out there, man. It's like, I, I agree, I, yeah. Yeah, that during the Nap Commission, where they're trying uh, corrupt cops, mm-hmm. three cops, three cops on suspension because they're suspected of corruption, were recommended for medals for valor right. because as civilians they took action against robberies they saw on the street. Right. And so you know that type of individual will do that type of thing. And so the the trick is, or the, the you know the epistemology is you find that guy and you make it easier for him to do this than. You know, to not do it, right? You know, right. and again, and I'd be curious. Yeah. I mean, you know, again, you've got to get the right people that that will, you know, will immediately run to to those sounds, right? And yeah. and if needed, will die. Now, that's not everybody, and 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 you know, how do you screen for right. that? How do you how do you how do you do that? Um, I, I I think that you could probably come up with a pretty good. Um, especially if you were hiring able-bodied retired people that had records, right, of confrontation, of being uh, involved in, um, you know, some kind of violent standoffs, and they had a track record of it. And you, I think, could be reasonably assured that, hey, these guys are not going to run away from a fight. These guys will run to it. And, and, you know, and and one one of the things those guys know is that, you know, as I approach— even if I, you know, discharge my pistol into a wall locker, I'm letting this motherfucker know that I'm coming. And he, yeah. he's going to hear that. He's going to know, like, he's going to think, what is that? What I'm trying to do is introduce that into his decision-making process. And now he's got to come defend himself. He's got to come look for me. You know, again, but those guys would have that in their head. And um, so let me ask you, let me su- switch gears with you. Okay. Um, the other thing we've seen is this, seem, this thing seems to get worse, right? Right. right. Um, the initial report was that um, a, essentially a DHS special operations group that, that was in, operating in the area showed up within three minutes of the phone call and killed him. Right. State, I think that was a state guy or like a homeland yeah. Like a border guy, border border elite force right. showed up, got shot in the top of the head. I mean, it went through his fucking cover, didn't hit his head, yeah. and then he killed the he killed the guy, right? So, but now we're finding out that the shooter's not killed until forty minutes after it starts. Yeah. Oh that, yeah. That twelve, he's outside shooting for twelve minutes. Now, I I did a little just looking at Ivaldi, um, the city. It's fifteen thousand people. It's three and a half miles wide in diameter. So it's 1.7 mile, 1.75 miles in radius. You know, the school, I'm not sure the distance from the police department to the school, but it can't be that far. It can't be more than a mile. 
Um, uh, I don't know. You know, I was thinking. I was thinking, Max. How long would it took one five in nineteen sixty nine to kill this fucker in in the Anwar Basin? I mean, like, you know, what I'm saying. I don't know if you know what I mean. It's like that type of shit happened all the time in there, where a guy, lone guy, shooting at Marine, he gets pinned down and then killed immediately. You know, but that that type of attitude is not within law enforcement and it shouldn't be because most of the time they're dealing with traffic tickets and right. fucking you know drunkards and stuff you know but however when but, the but let me ask you off, this yeah, yeah. When, but we've done this and war game this a lot as and and right. again i just saw another report within the last 30 minutes saying that that the police department in ivaldi had gone through active shooter training sure and so as i'm walking my dog um a couple hours ago I'm walking by a middle school and there's a police officer there. So I walk over and I said, hey, um, I'm a retired Marine. I said, you got a minute? He said, yeah. And I said, uh, active shooter, what do you do? He said, you go get him. I said, you're the first responder. I said, you don't coordinate, you don't develop the situation. He said, no, you go get it. You have to go get him. And, we're, and this is in, in uh, up north in Mission Viejo or what? No, this is uh, here in Costa Mesa. Um, okay, close to the right, right? Yeah, so I'm. Well, and, good. I mean, if that's true. And he so, said, no. He said, you know, we're lucky that we've had this training. But he said, we all know um, that you know if you're if you're there early, you've got to go get that guy. And uh, so I don't know the timeline. The way the timeline shakes out, it's just again, you, you know, you don't know everything. But I mean, just you roll up on that scene, right? Yeah. And you see one officer down, right? What do you do? Right. What do you do? You see one officer that's responded and shot and wounded. What do you do? You drag him off the X. You give him aid. And at the same time, you're trying to figure out, you're hoping you're not alone so you can find out. I mean, that's what we do with a guy in combat. You get him off the X, he doesn't get hit again. And then, I mean, you throw smoke, whatever, and then you, you attack. You know, and a lot of times, the guy who's doing the, while somebody's dragging me off the X, the rest of the guys are attacking the other fire team, the rest of the squad, they're and they should be immediately. But, but let's just say, as a law enforcement officer, you're there alone. A law enforcement, well, you're there alone, right? Well, and so you you, you roll up, hit. you roll up, you see Timmy, and let's just say right. he's got a gunshot wound to the thigh or the shoulder because he's wearing his body right. armor. Um, what do you do? I grab him, I pull him off the X to some kind of cover. I say, "What the fuck is going on?" If he can talk to me, and give me a little bit. I, I, if he's got a, I do the fucking life-saving stuff. If he's bleeding, I stop the bleeding. You know, if he's but again, along, you got I, the sh you know. again, you got the shooter in the school, right? Well, and then you got to Well, you, but still, you got to fucking, you got to deal with that shot person, and then you deal with it I, as you as you. It's a hard job for the cop. Right. At the same time, he's got to be re relaying back. Hey, here's what I got. I got a shooter in the school. I'm not sure who he is, but he shot fucking so and so. Timmy would say. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, rendering first aid. I'm getting ready to, you know, move against this guy. And that's the point. I'm getting ready to move against this guy, you know. Um, I'm, you have to assume that uh, it might not be as, you know, a, a massacre situation. You know, this guy might just be a jerk off. I mean, not every situation is the same. Uh, you can't let your fucking fellow officer bleed to death. You know what I'm saying? Mac, you got you to gotta weigh the situation in your mind and see. Now, if he's... He's, he's shot through a kneecap. You're like, hey, look, man, I got to go. You know, I'm going to move forward. I'm gonna, I got a fucking nine mil. 
So you're going to do some, gonna, yeah. yeah. You're going to do some yeah, sort right. of assessment, you know, right. relative to him. You're going to radio it in, and then you're going to move. Yes, yes, move forward. I mean, and here's the thing. I mean, it's easy for me to say this because I have not, I haven't been in this situation for years, but. I did it, but let me tell you, it was not easy to do it back in the day. You remember, it was not easy to move against fire. It was horrifying, you know what I mean? But especially when the rounds are cracking by, you know. But these guys have to be able to do that. They got to be, or at least they got to make this guy worry more about what's coming at him than wasting fucking kids in a classroom, you know what I mean? Yeah, and it's just, it's just the... Yeah, it's like for twelve minutes he's outside, and you just you hear that, and you yes. and, and you think, yes. like that was how, shocking to me. Yeah, I heard that. That was the last like, thing I. I, I read. hope yeah. I hope there's footnotes that make this make sense to me, and show me that those guys did everything that they could do to stop this. But the timeline just, it's just it's. I mean, it makes you want to vomit. Honestly, that fourth graders are in there getting shot and murdered. Teachers are fourth graders. And, yeah, and you're just terrible. you're just like fuck. Do you remember when we were in IOC and uh, we were talking? I'll never forget this. And uh, it was maneuverous in the mist. These lieutenants were doing <laughs> shit. There's no fucking way you'd do it if there were real bullets out there, right, you know. Right. You know, and we're like, and that General Allen, I think, recognized that he was a big human factors guy. The whole idea, of the room of pain, and the fucking, uh, you know, all that shit was all about. Dr. D. Giovanni you know, and all that, mm-hmm. was all about recognize the fact that this ain't easy. It's not easy, not just because it's physically not easy, but it's horrifying. You know, it's horrifying to move against someone who has a lethal weapon. But that's the fucking, I, that's the job. You know, that's the job. We need the people who do that job to know it. And you have and, to be, uh, and to me, the most important part is you have to be mentally prepared that someday... Yeah. You're going to be confronted with that saying, "Today's a good day to die," you know, yeah. and 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 you've got to run towards the sound of gunfire, um, you know, and and unsure of the outcome. But that's your job. Yeah. And so again, I I hope there's footnotes to make the timeline somehow or other make sense. But right now, it's 12 minutes of him outside, and he's mm-hmm. not killed until 40 minutes. After the shooting starts, and right. that's just, and again, I mean, I don't, so. You know, I, like I said in the, in, in the text, um, I read this book when I was a young man, before I even came to the Marine Corps, called Target Blue by Robert Daly, who's, who's the guy who wrote Prince of the City and a bunch of other cop books, right? But this book is called Target Blue, and it's about the New York City Police Department, 1970-71, or 71-72. And there's a huge amount of shit that happened there. Not the least which, 10 police officers were killed in the line of duty. But uh, that was the, the era of the Black Liberation Army murdering right. cops in the streets, right? right. And uh, But there was uh, H. Rap Brown, who was a black militant for the Black Panthers, who was trying to augment his income by doing an armed robbery, shot some people, and the cops responded. And this one cop, an Italian-American named Ralph something, he chased this guy eight stories up and shot him on the roof three times. He had no idea it was H. Rap Brown, who was a famous, you know, Black Panther. Right. And so he, 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 he patches up the guy's wound. He 
He carries his ass down because all the elevators are out. Carries him all the way back down, saves his fucking life. And he said in a recent interview, I would have been fired three times over for the shit I did that day nowadays. Not waiting for backup. Right. Not call, you know, not, you know, he, he said, I just, my feeling was if the longer this guy was by him, was doing his thing, him and his friends, the more innocent people would get shot. Ralph Mineta, I think his name was. Right. And that's, and, uh, and that's, you know, and that's the mentality that you have to have right. for active shooter. And, and again, especially, right. you know, when there's children involved, you know, mm -hmm. it's just, as you said earlier, it's just horrendous. Um, yeah. Final thought on this before I ask you about Memorial Day. Um, well, my, my last thought is just to go back to my original one. The government's job is the main job of the government. The only reason we have these people at every level is protection. It's to protect us. Otherwise, I mean, that doesn't remove the, uh, you know, the stricture that we should protect ourselves. But the idea that legally we're protected and physically we're protected by people who will respond and uh, and do what they need to do to make that happen. And the idea that, you know, the police officer's life is so precious that he has to wait until there's like, uh, they have to have a cordon and fire superiority and air on station. The on-scene commander shows up. Yes. The, the big van yeah, exactly. shows up. Well, let's look at this and let's look at our options and, we need guys who lunge at this, who lunge at the danger. And, 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 and in all fairness to them, yeah. in all fairness to the police, they've learned that. And that's what, when they yes. go to active shooter training, they, they know that. You've got to go. Yep. And yep. That, that was a do out of Columbine. Talk to me about... Um, Think about if what, what would happen in Antietam if A.P. Hill held a conference with his guys and said, uh, what are our options here? They want us to go up there and reinforce them at Antietam. You know? That motherfucker, he didn't. He put his red shirt on. They steamed up that road from Harper's Ferry. They busted those Yankees back across Burnside's Bridge and saved the fucking rebel army because he had a bias for action and not for fucking, let's hear everybody's ideas on this thing. Right. There's a time for hearing everybody's ideas. There's a time for action. You know, you, know, um, you remind me of a slide that I used to use in the, and these were transparencies. Um, oh, yeah. Right. Th these are transparencies at IOC, but it was a um, you have to make a decision, you have to issue an order, and then you have to act. Right. And so it yeah. all it all happens in time. And as Jeff just said, um, there's a time and a place for everything. Right. So mm -hmm. D Day. Right. Deliberate execution. Long term planning right and executing at a spot of your a time of your choosing right what we're talking about mm -hmm. here is yeah right immediate action right no time for an order right and and decisive action taken immediately in right in so it so i mean if you look at that as a spectrum this this thing it's all immediate action it is yeah Right, and even if I'm running across the street and I see Jeff, my first assessment is his injury life-threatening. If it's not, you know, I'm going to probably kneel well, down. Kneel down. Maybe yeah. if he, like he, Jeff said, if he's on the X, he's, he's still in range of fire. I'm going to drag him out, right, and 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 ask him, hey, what's going on? Hey, he's behind that. Gotcha. And then I go. That's as much of the conversation mm -hmm. as we have. 
But you're you're living in, in on that part of the spectrum of immediate action, not an orders group, right? I know what I've got to do, and I've got to confront this guy and occupy him so he stops killing whoever he's inside killing. Um, talk to me. Talk to me about uh, Memorial Day. What, what have you traditionally done? Um, what are your thoughts about it? And w- you have any plans this weekend? Well, uh, Memorial Day for me was always, uh, you know, I have to say I spent a lot of my time watching TV, watching all the histor- you know historical stuff. Because before we had the History Channel stuff, that's when you see all this stuff on TV. And I always was part of our heritage, you know. So, But um, as time went on, you know, it became, uh, you know, like a, like a holiday, you know, like cookout time and stuff. And, you know, you don't want to begrudge that. Um, but you just want to always remind your loved ones, this, is, this thing is about people fighting and dying, you know. And then something else happened. I got wounded. Actually, I got wounded. What's today? Today is 20th. the 26th. Okay, yesterday is the day I got wounded in 2006, real bad. And uh, so my wife calls and says, hey, it's your alive day. What do you think? I go, I didn't even fucking remember it. You know? <laughs> I just, you know, because I'm alive. You know? But uh, it's a, you know, and then I, other people in the neighborhood here who my wife talked to, go say happy alive day to Jeff. I was so embarrassed, you know, because uh, I lived, you know what I mean? And um, um, that is, I think, though, overall a good thing that people are looking at that now, you know, a time when it just happened for me. It was on Memorial Day. The reason I got hit was because, um, well, I mean, the reason I got medevac the way I did is because our ace wasn't flying because it was Memorial Day. (laughs) Unbelievable. They had a standout. The army came and got me. We're like right near the he- biggest helicopter parking lot in the Marine Corps in Iraq, right by Al Assad. <laughs> and the army came and got me. Now, I, to be fair, they're the medevac experts, you know, but. Uh, yeah, they are. All I'm, yeah, all I'm saying is that uh, I didn't really, until I actually got into a war that lasted, I didn't think about it the way I do now. And now, um, you know, I, I'm going to. You know, Memorial Day is, I'm working Memorial Day, actually, with the Emiratis. <laughs> and, uh, but uh, believe me, you know, uh, that day, they're going to do a memorial for the guys in 2-1 who got whacked during the uh, the Kabul thing. And the guy who's our OIC right now, coincidentally, is the guy who's their CO. So we're going to go down there to the, uh, you know where the pier is in, uh, in San Clemente? There's a statue of 5th Marines guys. There's gonna they're gonna put a plaque there for the guys who got killed from two one, so that's gonna be Monday at uh, fifteen hundred I think maybe fourteen hundred, but uh, so it, what it means to me now is uh, you know I know a lot of guys now who sacrificed a lot, some of them everything you know for that time. So my attitude towards it now is less of a holiday and more of a you know. Time to reflect on this shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. More of a quiet time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, look. Uh, thanks for doing this, and uh, good luck working over the weekend. I miss those other guys, man. We gotta, we gotta get this thing back on track <laughs> so we can, 
so I could get pissed at the other shit <laughs> or laugh at the other stuff they're saying. Right. No. No. But I, I often find it's interesting uh, having done this a number of different ways. Um, right. Sometimes I like it that you guys can't hear each other. Right. You, you know what I mean? Because um, I don't know. It's just it, it's just a little bit different slant on it. But anyway. All right, Jeffrey. Thank you very much. Thank you, buddy. All right. Uh, see you. Yep. Bye bye. That'll do it on a Friday that starts the Memorial Day weekend. Um, I want to thank Will and Tim and Jeff for freeing up some time. Um, you know, and like everybody who's watching this story unfold, um, we don't understand. And... Um, most of us have experiences. All of us have experiences. You know, doing things that scare the shit out of you. Um, so I hope there are footnotes that explain to parents who must be absolutely destroyed with a thought in their head that there was an opportunity to somehow or other Save my child. Somebody, and I think I just read a story within the last half hour that said that the husband of one of the teachers had a heart attack and died within 48 hours of learning that his wife had been killed, murdered. So, anyway, um, yeah, it's just shitty stuff that we wrestle with and then the question is what do you do about it and you can see I think we all have um, different opinions with Jeff Jeff's opinion being fairly close to mine which doesn't which doesn't happen very often um, but that's alright uh, but again my thanks to them for doing this and also their thoughts on Memorial Day uh, Memorial Day weekend and um and I think Jeff's thoughts are emblematic of a lot of people, our friends. Uh, it's a pretty quiet weekend. Pretty somber weekend. Uh, the names and the faces still fresh in your head. Uh, so, anyway, at some point during the weekend, uh, please remember to educate young people about what this weekend it's all, is all about. And it's not thank you for your service. It is a week when a weekend when we remember those that have given their lives. We remember their families who pay the price every day for somebody's commitment to the, to the nation. That's what this weekend's about. Right? And as I tell my kids, this nation did get to be what it is because nobody gave a shit about it. Right? All those people in national cemeteries, their life ambition was not to have a slab of marble sticking out of their forehead that wasn't their life ambition but their nation called and they answered that call and and they wound up giving their life so anyway um, really important to educate young people about that how lucky they are to be born in the United States and to have the world laying at your feet 
didn't get to be that way for nothing because nobody gave a shit. So what is your responsibility to those who've given so much? Your responsibility is to care about your community and to volunteer and make your community better. And that's what your responsibility is. So take it seriously. Um, we all live in a, in a great country and it's our responsibility to make it better. So on that note, um, I hope everybody has a, uh, has a, has a great weekend. And I hope that at some point during the weekend, you do stop what you're doing and teach in particular your children about what this weekend's about by remembering the people that have given their lives on that note. I'm out.